punctuates it, and he creates his own offensive chance with that motor. Krejci to Coyle, and the Leafs are moved again! Hello, welcome, Nesson Bruins Podcast on Nesson.com. It's Mike Cole, joined, as always, by Nesson.com's Logan Mullen. Logan, how are you? I'm good, Mike. How do I sound? You sound a lot better than you did about 10 minutes ago. Um, That's great. I still cannot shake the habit of asking you how you're doing, and despite the fact that you and I have been speaking pretty much nonstop for the We're, last three hours. So Yeah. And over video call, like, the last 45 minutes, too. Yeah. Oh, well. It is what it is. Um, to be fair, when we chit-chat, you don't usually ask me how I'm doing. That's a good point, like yeah. the only The only time you ever check in about my well-being is during the podcast. The irony, yeah. Uh, it says a lot so, about me, I guess. Yeah. Keep it up, though. Nice to be noticed. Okay. All right. So we're here to talk about hockey, which is uh, good. Uh, we have a lot to discuss this week as well, as uh, the Bruins are – by the t- next time we speak, uh, for the podcast purposes, it will be – the Bruins will be in Toronto. Uh, cause they yeah, will, and it will be the eve of an exhibition game. That's true. Yeah, they, uh, the Bruins leave Sunday for the bubble. Uh, and whether they do so – with David Pasternak, Andre, Andre Kasha, and a few others is still up in the air. Uh, we are now, what, so a week and a half into full team practices, uh, and that is a very subjective term. That is a very relative term because the Bruins have yet to have a full team practice, uh, in large part because uh, Pasternak and Kasha cannot get on the ice. Um, they are deemed unfit to participate, which is something we'll dig into a little bit deeper in terms of what that nomenclature could mean moving forward and what it means right now uh but as it pertains to the Bruins and the immediacy that means that they cannot practice until they are deemed fit to participate and when that happens is as good of a guess as uh you or I could take um one thing we do know it doesn't sound like they will be deemed fit to participate before the team leaves for Toronto Cam Neely on a zoom call today with the reporters uh today is Wednesday uh mentioned that he doesn't foresee uh, either player being on the ice at Warrior before the team departs for Toronto. One thing uh, that is not clear and probably someone, maybe even myself, should have followed up on is to say whether they will be making the trip uh, to Ron- with them to Toronto because that was something that came out in the last few days is you can't even go to the bubble until you have, what is it, three negative tests over the course of 48 hours or uh, yeah, I think it's that. longer than that. I think you have to have like at least a day in between every test. Sure. Um, so there's still some hurdles to clear there. It doesn't sound like, uh, that's going to happen anytime soon. This is a problem for the Bruins (laughs) (laughs) and this comes on the heels or this is all included in just a really weird week for the, for the team and not a great one in terms of practice participation. I know Saturday they had nine guys off the ice for practice and that was kind of a potential doomsday scenario. But I do think it's important to know, and this kind of goes in line with what we're talking about, is every time he's had a chance to mention this, Bruce, Bruce Cassidy has said, because guys are deemed unfit to participate, doesn't mean they've tested positive for coronavirus, doesn't mean yeah. they're suspected of having it. It could just be testing issues. He has mentioned that multiple times. I think that's kind of his way of downplaying the situation for some players. But as regards, uh, you know, regarding Kasha and Pasternak, it's time to get concerned if you haven't already, if you're the Bruins. Yeah, probably. Um, and, and 
Like, getting answers are help difficulty too. We still don't know why exactly they're gone. Right. And I think it's further complicated by the fact that a week ago today, we did see Pasternak and Kasha right. at Warrior. Right. So like they've been around, there's a photo of them up at a rink in Malden, was it? And uh, the photos of them out in the North end. So like they're around like, and, and I would like to think that if either of them had COVID, they wouldn't be wandering around the North end. Well, um, and I, I, I'm sorry to interrupt you so early already, but, uh, Pasternak's agent did say to multiple media outlets, including the right. Globe and the Athletic, I think it was, that he tested negative for COVID. Yeah. So it sounds so, like it's a, uh, a quarantine issue because he was exposed to somebody who had it. And that's reading between the lines, I think. Right. That is, that is reading between the lines. But then again, and we'll get into this later, that's all you really can do, right? Because of what the league determined was going to be the terminology that they'd use. Um, I provided everybody is healthy and in game shape, which, you know, Pasternak and Kasha, they both, I believe, I know Pasternak did, I'm pretty sure Kasha did too. They were back in the Czech Republic, right? So they've had access to ice. Whether or not they skated a bunch remains to be seen, but like Pasternak admitted that like he was working out with a few other guys, like they were skating in the Czech Republic. Um, Don't know what the deal with Kasha is, but assume that they are healthy enough to, you know, at, at least return to practice when they get to Toronto. I think the concern is a lot less about Pasternak than it is about Kasha because Kasha's played six games in Boston, and in that time he was bouncing all over the lineup because Bruce Cassidy was trying to figure out where he'd fit. And the Bruins basically just had a 10-day period where Cassidy would have been able to tinker with things. And I can understand if there'd be organizational frustration if this delay is purely because Kasha and Pasternak didn't time things out well enough to come back to the United States. Uh, you know, Pasternak, if he's in game shape, he'll be fine. He'll go right to the first line right wing, and away he goes. Kasha, it, that, that's going to have ramifications on other players too, right? Like that's going to impact David Krejci. It could impact Charlie Coyle. It could impact Anders Bjork. It could impact Jake DeBras. Like go up and down the line. That extends way beyond just Kasha himself. And my understanding is that teams couldn't, like, mandate players to come back at a specific time. Um, I, I don't even know if they were allowed to pick up the phone and say, hey, you know, if you should probably aim to get back at this point. Um, and when Pasternak spoke to the media on June 15th, he said he hadn't made plans at that point to come back. He didn't have anything concrete. Uh, and camp started July 10th. Um, but I don't know. I, I can understand the frustration if this purely is logistical that they didn't try and get back with a little bit more time. But again, you have to add in the caveat that's like, we don't know what's going on. Well, and, So some of this may have been well beyond their control. And so if it's an issue with them getting back late, well, that doesn't make sense either because they practiced. Like, right. I could right. see that they, if they showed up Sunday, the 12th, and it's like, you guys can't, you guys can't practice for 10 days because you have to quarantine because you just came back from Europe. But like, well, that would be Sunday the 9th, right? I thought that they started the, the day before training camp. Yeah. Sorry. I got my, yeah, date. I think training camp was Monday the 10th. No, was, it was Monday the 13th. So I was right. Oh, it was Monday the 13th. Yeah. You were right. Yeah. Um, so Monday, Jesus, now I'm confused. Uh, I'm the clown. Well, it's because it was supposed to start on Friday the 10th, and then it got bumped back. 
Yeah, I know that. So, and that's why I adjusted and said, yeah, the right no, thing I'm, I'm the moron here. So let's just As say, we they, were. let's say they get there on the 12th and now they can't that today, ironically, it'd be 10 days later and they can't get on the ice until today. I could see being really pissed off about that if I was the Bruins and that would be sure. justified. But like the fact is that they were on the ice Wednesday. So either they were back on the ice earlier than they should have been, but that doesn't seem like that would fly. Like this just seems like an impossibility for that to happen. Um, so I don't know. Like, and maybe they showed up at the very last day that they could have. Um, or maybe, I mean, yeah. maybe they showed up a week before they were, you know, practice started and that's why they didn't get back out on the ice until Wednesday. I don't know. Um, so like, that's another thing that doesn't, isn't consistent or is at least confusing in terms of, you know, I don't think they're being shut down because they got back late. It doesn't, the, the timeline doesn't mesh. So that's another thing to kind of consider. It's weird. It, the whole thing is yeah. just very weird. And it's the lack of detail does not help our understanding of the matter and making things even more complicated is we have very little small pieces of evidence for lack of a better term or news um that like we don't know you know without knowing the specifics you're left to kind of just put try to put it all together when we know probably half the story at the most so right and, and that that might even be a generous figure right yeah it's, it almost certainly is so i mean to summarize what do we know like they're not on the ice. We know they're in Boston. Right. They've, they've been on the ice once. At least in Pasternak's case, he didn't test positive for COVID. Right. And so, now, how much can we speculate? Like, that's the other thing, too, is, like, what's the moral? Well, I don't like speculating about it, too, because it's still, like, you know, it's still a pandemic, right? This is still guy's health, and, like, right. we have no clue what the hell is happening. Well, is it, uh, is it possible? <laughs> What if Kasha has it and he was – but I don't know because he – They would not have let them in the building. Exactly. They, right. That's like, the thing. That's, that's the, the Wednesday, them being there at practice, this. them being there at practice throws this entire thing out of whack. It makes it so right. much more difficult to try to figure out. I think the more likely thing is they were, you know, somewhere between them being some, – somewhere between them being cleared, getting back on the ice – and now not being allowed back on the ice or being unfit to participate, they came in contact or one of them came in contact with somebody who had it or tested positive after they knew, after they tested negative, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's a whole lot of, you know, the tracing thing becomes far more complicated issue. And this is, this is like a reality of this two week training camp, right? Is that hopefully yeah. the idea, you know, if you want to look at this from a positive is like, in a week, this probably shouldn't happen because right. in a bubble. And if you look at too, just as a side note, you look at what the NBA's done so far, having zero positive tests, their most recent yeah. testing does bode well for like just getting in Florida guys in the too. bubble. What's that? In Florida right. too. So just get them in the bubble and then things should work themselves out. But so if you get in the that, bubble, then it's confusing. So that leads me to a theory of maybe there are these testing snafus and they're getting you know inconclusive results or whatever they don't think they have it but and again this is all conjecture maybe they look at it and say like it's at this point it's not worth getting them on the ice for three days in boston and then running the risk sure. of them maybe having it or something so just stay the hell in but your apartment makes... and and we'll see you in toronto as long but, as you're clear sure but like 
we have protocols for a reason. So like half-assing the protocols when they are right, you know, it, it, if, yes, it's still problematic. It doesn't make any sense. Like if you're like, well, we don't trust the the testing or whatever. It, you know, we don't trust the protocol. We don't trust what's in place. Let's just not worry about. It. Like at this point, I mean, yeah, well, yeah, maybe you're right. Like, is it worth to? Maybe it's just the the risk of injury or whatever. Like, let's just, you know, we missed our window here. Pack it up, see you in Toronto. We'll go from there. I don't know. That doesn't – it feels like they would like to get in one full team scrimmage at some point that they still haven't had. I mean, I Well, know. they'll get a couple practices in Toronto, right? Yeah, they get sure. There Sunday, they'll probably get two, maybe three before the exhibition. Um, but still, big, yeah. I, I if mean, I'm the Bruins, though, my biggest concern is whether they can travel. Because if they can't travel, then your timeline gets completely messed up. Because, like, yeah. every – you know, if they can't travel and they have to wait two days to travel, I think they have to quarantine when they get there as well, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. So, now you're like, well, we'll see you in the first round. Like, you're not even going to be yeah. back in the round-robin games. So, like, yeah. if they're on the plane, like, that's a very good sign. But if not, right, dicey. Yeah, and, and I do think – I mean, I believe Cassidy said that because when you choose your roster for this, those guys are locked in. Like, even – I don't know what would happen if a team got, like, completely – if there was, like, a huge outbreak or got completely decimated with injuries. But, like, you're not allowed to just bring guys in during the middle of it. Like, right. the Bruins couldn't say no. – I mean, who's, who's a prospect that or someone that's, like, knocking on the door? They couldn't call – you know, if they were running low on defense, they couldn't call, like, Alex Petrovic just, or, yeah. or Brett Ritchie, you know, if they were short on forwards or something like that and say, come on up. Like, that's not how that's going to work. And so they are locked in with those guys right now. I think Cassidy indicated Tuesday that if a guy's on your roster and he can't travel with the team for some reason, they still can come later on, but there are going to be protocols in place for when they show up. And presumably one of the only reasons a guy wouldn't come short of like personal issue is if they test positive. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I agree. I, I don't think we're going to know anything until, Sunday and if we find out if they're on the plane or not yeah and listening to Neely uh talk it sounds like the gag order is there it's like let's just you know he he always asked the question about whether they'll be on the ice before they get to Toronto and he said I don't you know I would expect Toronto he's like he left the door open but they're clearly just gonna be as vague as possible you know and why not like you got three yeah at this point you should right yeah um, well, and, and the thing is, too, is, I mean, they, the Bruins generally, Cassidy in particular, are fairly forthright about what's going on yeah. with the media. Um, and there's a reason that they can't be right now. But I think, I mean, obviously they know what's going on. But I think if we didn't have the whole unfit to play parameters, then we would probably have at least a, a fleeting idea of what was happening. We'll get to that in a quick second. I just want to mention, too, uh, you know, Pasternak and Kasha, reason for concern. The Charlie McAvoy thing kind of flying under the radar too. Who's he missed? Right. As the time of, at the time of this recording, he's missed what two or three straight practices. I think it's two. Two. So that's the thing. You know, you get that Saturday practice or whatever where you're missing nine guys, and then like six or seven of them return. It's like okay, that was clearly a testing snafu. But like the one guy who doesn't of that group, not including Pasternak and Kasha is McAvoy and you're like, Oh, all right. You know, missing one day is, you know, you can be, you, you can be hopeful or chalk it up to being like, maybe this is a testing issue 
when that one day turns into two, three, four, then it starts to be like, okay, what's going on here? And then who yeah. knows? Like, I don't know. Like, could be injury, could be what? Like, we're just – the lack of detail is going to be very difficult to kind of parse through as we go forward. Yeah, and I think it will be harder when they get to Toronto, especially if it's supposed to be a controlled environment. Like, if you have guys missing extended periods of time and there's no apparent injury that they suffered, yeah, then it's gonna you're going to be sitting there left to pretty much just try and read between the lines. Yeah. All right, let's get into uh, unfit to participate, unfit to play a little bit more. Um, God bless the NHL for this attempt. Uh, it's very clear to see what they were doing is that they did not want all of the positive tests to be exposed, which I kind of understand. It's kind of a, a privacy issue. Um, so they just went and correct me if I'm wrong, unfit to participate for literally anything. Uh, literally any absence at all. Right. So, um, and it is interesting to note that Bruce Cassidy has mentioned, and I don't even know if he can do this. Like, I don't know if he broke the rules. There have been a couple of times he said things. Where I'm like, is he allowed to give that much detail? He's, he has said it's not injury-related. He said that on multiple times regarding guys who have been unfit to participate. So that's either he – you know, it's a testing issue one way or another. Either he tested positive, they're waiting for a test, et cetera, et cetera. Or he's yeah. got – he's having a bad day. Maintenance day, I guess, probably falls into that. I, yeah, but he's, he's said some guys will get maintenance. Yeah. Days. So there's a lot. He's – He's tried to caution against reading too much into who is and is not at practices. Um, and, and, like, I think a good example is Joakim Nordstrom, where it's like I, he was out Saturday, back Sunday, Monday, out Tuesday. It's like, who the hell knows what's happening right. there? Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think the NHL and the Players Association, I think the heart was in the right place with the unfit to play thing. But it, it's it's overcomplicated things, basically. And it's led to what you and I have just done the last 20 minutes of speculating because nobody else knows what's happening. And it's like, it is a slippery slope because you can't have coaches having to, like, out their players for testing positive for COVID because that's, you know, it, an egregious violation of HIPAA if a guy's employer is sharing that info. But at the same time, like, they're – you know, Kasha and Pasternak in some circles are getting raked through the coals Yep. Um, right. for something that may very well be out of their control. Exactly, and that's right. like, you know, if you're not level-headed enough to reserve judgment and be like, we don't know what's going on in its entirety, then, like, you're probably going to drift towards the, you know, worse or more angry end of the spectrum or however you want to feel about it. But it's it was a – well-intentioned idea that personally I think has gone wrong. Yeah, I agree. And it's, it's just, it's complicated. And I haven't followed it as closely uh, across the league as I have with the Bruins. Cause it just feels like there's so much with the Bruins right now, but I got to imagine this has been an, an issue across the league as well. Um, I have to imagine or hope that the NHL thought that this was possibility of what would happen like I don't know I hope they weren't just blindsided by the 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 other side of this but uh yeah it makes it difficult and it's kind of confusing and it, I don't think it puts anybody in a good spot and that's that's the unfortunate part is like the coach looks like a you know like he's not being forthright but he can't be forthright the player you know your mind obviously goes to the to the worst place and it makes you wonder how is this going to affect once actual games play 
all right, games begin. Like, you know, what happens if you get seven inconclusive tests the day of or the day before game seven of a series? Is that possible? Mm-hmm. I don't even know if that's possible. I guess it's probably possible. Like, so you got to yeah. up. You either got to change the the protocol, the the phrasing, or the testing itself, and you got to figure that out before you get into. Well, and I think too. I mean, obviously, we're going to start to see more hockey related injuries, right? Right. So, like, generally, what happens is so. Let's think. What was it? Game three of the Carolina series last year, where Chris Wagner took that puck to the arm that basically ended his season that did end his season um it was like right after the game one of the first questions was how's Wagner like you know any idea on that you're literally going to get hit with an unfit to play for a guy who you saw take a puck to the arm and it's like maybe they do have a timeline but like that stuff they're not going to be able to share and you know, whatever, as long as the team knows, they know, maybe we're overvaluing how much people care about that stuff. But at the same time, it's like, you know, there's a certain level of information that probably to a degree should or might need to get out. Um, Yeah. But I I don't know. And and I think especially for coaches that like to talk and like to be candid, like Cassidy, it puts them in a really tough spot. Yeah. And you can Um, already tell there have been times where he like, he'll pivot mid-sentence and just start speaking from the script, so to speak. Yeah, there's like a look in his eyes where it's like, I really just want to say what's happening, yeah. but I know I'm going to get in trouble if I do. Which is if you're a Bruins fan, like if you're reading between the lines and actually listening to him and watching him, that's where you can kind of take the, you know, you can have some optimism about some of these instances because it did feel like he – he has said at different times over the last few days, like he's trying to yell at everybody and say, don't read too much into this. Like yeah, he mentioned how he feels bad for guys who are kept off the ice, who he knows have done all the right things, which may have actually been a backhanded uh, shot at Pasternak and Arkasha. But like, I think that's his way of saying like, no, these guys are do you know, we're just waiting on tests. Like, I think he is kind of, he's leaving, He'll he'll put in that trail of crumbs every once in a while. It'll be interesting to see if that continues once again. Well, and I do wonder too. Um, you know, they they've been doing a lot of their practices like first thing in the morning. Yeah. So there might be the possibility that some of these test results don't that's get true. there until later in the day. And if they're having a one o'clock practice, that's a little. You know, there's more time for things to trickle in. But like, if you're waiting for a guy's test results, like you're probably not going to let him into the ring. And I will say, I imagine the situation in the the entire process will be a bit more formal in mm-hmm. Toronto. In a Probably bit more uniform. You know what I mean? Like you would think. Well, right, right. So, um, real quick, uh, what's your confidence rate on this thing getting off the ground? I, I'm still high on it. I, I bet like a I 10. don't think. Yeah. It, Getting off the ground at ten, yeah. They're gonna play, yeah. And I think the the I'm NBA like a stuff, nine point nine on it finishing out. Yeah, the NBA stuff this week was a very positive development with the yeah. no positive test. And as long as the NHL can get the buy in from the players and has a strict enough bubble, that's a good thing. Maybe that changes in the NBA once these guys start playing, but you they're bumping up against each other in practice. Like practices have started, like yeah. there's you know. So far, so good. So, 
yeah, I'm about like a probably eight and a half in terms of it finishing. But it, there's no question this thing's getting off the ground and going, which is wild. I can't believe we're almost there. It's, it's, it's I know you said. Um, <clears throat> so the Bruins will start uh, a week from this coming Sunday uh, against the Flyers. If I'm mis- not mistaken, Flyers. Um, we'll go ahead and assume Tuka Rask is in net for the Bruins, but I don't think we can be so sure at this point. Uh, as it came out this week that Tuka uh, fractured a, a finger. Is it a finger or a hand? Yeah, he fractured a finger doing box jumps. Which is completely understandable for anybody who's ever done box yeah. jumps. It, box jumps are very dangerous, especially if you're using actual wooden boxes or the uh, the skeleton ones that uh, you and I both went to uh, Springfield College when I was – oh, no, actually, this is, my gym has these, uh, the ones that are, like, not – got to get the, the fluffy ones, the, the padded ones. <laughs> Otherwise, you yeah. have a whole, whole lot of things can go wrong, a lot of jagged edges – uh it's yeah. easy to trip and fall so i could see how i do see how somebody could break their finger doing box jumps as crazy as that may seem anyway yeah. uh rask has been practicing for the most part but it's been coming entirely off yeah uh but it's been coming off the ice early saying he got dinged a couple times and yeah. i don't know if he took one in the the groinal region uh one of those days it sounded like uh or if he re-aggravated the finger injury i could see how he could take one off the finger and be like, what am I doing here? This is dumb. But he had a splint on it Friday in a conference call with the reporters uh, with the Vesna candidates. Uh, he doesn't seem very concerned about it. Nobody does. Uh, he sounds like he'll be good to go. No. Do you have any Yeah. Concerns? No. He showed up for phase two, like at the end of phase two. He was playing. I don't know when specifically it happened. He said a few weeks ago. But he's there for phase two. He hasn't been, like, held out of a practice so far. I don't think there's really any – if he was missing time, that'd be one thing. But, like, I don't think there's any reason for concern. He – and everyone was seriously downplaying it. Yeah. Um, you know, Cassidy was joking that it was from too much drumming. Like, if it was actually serious, I don't think Cassidy would have done that. That's um, true. I do think it's interesting where it very much opens the door for them to play Halak in the round robin, which yeah, I assume they probably would have done anyway. But – yeah. I think you kind of have to, right? Because if you're – and it's different if you're playing a, if you're playing in the qualifying round instead of the round robin. But for the Bruins, it's like you might as well get your other goalie, you know, ready to go. And it's not like, you know, Halak is a bad option. But I think the last situation they would want to run into is, you know, say you're about to go into game seven of your first round series, Halak hasn't played at all. And in game six, Rask hurts himself, right. you know, at the end of the game or in the practice but beforehand, like, then you're throwing a guy out for game seven that hasn't played at all. And that's, how much, you know, that's down the rabbit hole a little bit. Yeah, but, like, but like how much does one round Robin game affect that game seven? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't think it's, I think that's probably overplayed. Like I think everybody's going to be rusty. Uh, you know, the, the number one priority, number one priority priority from a goaltending standpoint has to just be making sure Rask is ready to go. And if that means playing Rask in each one of the, the round Robin games, then do that. Uh, See, I and I, I think you'll sooner than. see that. Yeah. I, I think you'll see if anything like split time. Sure. Um, so I don't um, know. Yeah. It doesn't sound like much to be worried about. He did. Uh, I know it got a lot of play here. Um, on on the radio, 98.5 Sports Hub, and I got in trouble last time I said the radio. Uh, 
but uh, they were one. They were already jumping down his throat for comments he made about you know wondering whether there will be more. You'll see more backups in the playoffs. I don't think that's going to be the case. He would know better than I would. But I think if he plays as well as he did last year, they're going to ride him to the finish line. Yeah, like I, what I is the, like? So. I don't unless you have like a three zero. I don't get it. There's no. I I think so. Like I, I, I don't know. Just as long as Rask as. As, yeah, as long as Rask is playing fine, I think they'll ride it out with him right. in the postseason. I think there are a lot of – I think more so than last year, a lot of guys are going to have shorter leashes. Um, sure. You know, there are so many teams where their goaltending – you know, Talbot and Riddick in uh, Calgary. And, you know, there's a slew of uh, – Fleury and Leonard in Vegas. like Pittsburgh as well. Yeah, Pittsburgh. Like, you're going to see it all over the place where I think – there will probably be a number of quote unquote backups playing more. But I think the only reason for that is because the number one guy, if it's close, if the goalie battle is close enough, then they'll probably um, have a short leash. Like uh, Merzlikens and Corpus Allo in Columbus, apparently Corpus Allo has been like a disaster in the inter-squad scrimmages. And so it's like, so it'll probably be Merzlikens, but you know, if he starts stumbling, then they'll go to Corpus Allo. Like, yeah. That's – so. Which isn't a whole lot different than anything usually, you know. Like, it's just maybe the, you know, the timeline changes a little bit and how quick you want to make a move. But – Sure. It's the playoffs. If a guy sucks, he's going to lose his job. Yeah, right. You yeah. know, you're not going to wait around that much, especially those teams that – the qualifying round teams. That it's best of five, like – Yep. You lose two yeah. games and you're in a tough spot. <laughs> so Yeah. Um, do you have anything else on the goaltending situation? No, no. Not really. Do you have anything else at all? I mean, I have plenty of things, you know, that I could talk about, but probably yeah, none of pertain to hockey. <laughs> um all right, yeah. So I guess next week. Well, did we plan this right? Oh yeah, next week we'll do a full preview of the uh, the round robin. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh wait, is it this weekend or next weekend? They play? <laughs> like maybe we should have done more talking about the the Flyers, Capitals, and the uh, the Lightning. But no, we can get in that scrap it all. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, there'll be a lot to discuss next week. I, I'm just really interested to see how this bubble thing starts up and plays out. Uh, I'm very much looking forward to dispatches from Toronto uh, and to yeah. a lesser extent, lesser extent, Edmonton. Uh, just to kind of see what the deal is. Um, mm-hmm. And, again, we'll follow up on the Pasternak, Kasha, McAvoy, Nordstrom, et cetera, et cetera stuff, uh, and probably do a little preview. So it's go time. Cool. It is. Cool. All right. Um, I'm, uh, I'm Mike. That's Logan. This has been the Nesson Bruins podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review. And join us again next week when we talk more about the hockey. So uh, we'll see you again uh, next week. Bye.